Hey, welcome to another episode of the podcast from my standpoint. Now, this one is the great wisdom of, and this is number three, because I've already had two other great wisdoms of, and they're really good. You should go back and listen to them. But the great wisdom of number three here. Now, in this one, we will be discussing wisdoms found in three places. Uh, two of them are books. One is a TV show, and the books are World War Z by Max Brooks and A Great Awakening is Coming by Mike Evans, and the TV show is Ice Pilots. Now, um, this time, each of these sources is speaking of the same topic, which is fear, and we might also call it safety, as you will find out in this episode, so please stay tuned to this whole episode. Now, with this one here, I know some of you might immediately shout as soon as you start hearing some of this is shout, you conspiracy nuts, or you're nothing but a conspiracy theorist. And, and you know, if so, that's your prerogative. I mean, you're allowed, we're all allowed to uh, believe what we want, and you have freedom of speech if you want to say that. But trust me, this will make sense, and this will open your eyes to see in a new perspective. It, just stay tuned. Trust me. You'll like this episode. Um, but I will also speak just briefly on something that I think is also very interesting and important to know. So let's just get into this one, shall we? A different perspective, a new insight into life, a nugget of positivity and a hidden truth, and maybe an amusement for you. Welcome to From My Standpoint, a twice a month podcast with your host, Josh C. Jones. Hey, I appreciate you tuning in again to From My Standpoint. I'm your host, Josh C. Jones. If this is your first time listening, then I thank you for tuning in. And if it's not, well, thank you for coming back. If you have not yet subscribed, then I encourage you to subscribe to From My Standpoint. It, uh, you can follow me on Facebook at Josh C. Jones Author on Instagram at Josh C. Jones Author, on Twitter at Author J.C. Jones, or visit the website www.fromtheirstandpoint.com. That's from T-H-E-I-R standpoint.com. And click on my show, From My Standpoint. And if you even slightly liked what you hear in these podcasts, then please rate, review, and share. Hey, Welcome. Uh, just to let you know, all the voices have the day off, so random voice of questions, common sense, and reason will not be here, and they will not be heard in this episode. And I know you're probably cheering, yay, yay, but come on, man, I like them. But anyway, they have the day off, so we're just going to move on. Uh, great wisdom can be found in a lot of places, even in what would seem to us as the most unlikely of places. But before we dive into this, I want to mention something interesting and important. At least to me, I, find, I found it interesting, and I do think it's important for all of us to understand. And this is something we should keep in mind when trying to explain things, especially history, and when we try to verify what the current narrative might, uh, might say is the context of something or someone or a group of some people and what they meant in the past. Now, uh, when we talk about wisdom as the Great Wisdom Of episodes are four, and this is Great Wisdom Of number three, we must keep in mind that wisdom has multiple meanings, and that's probably because we keep changing the meanings and definitions of words over time. For example, 
uh, the word fascist. You probably know it as uh, a person who subscribes to a political philosophy that is fascism, which calls for a strong, often dictatorial, central government that controls all industry and commerce, who have no tolerance or desire for the discussion or freedom to express opposing views, who emphasize the group, often a specific race, over other races, the individual and individual rights, and who use force to suppress all opposition and criticism. Yet, I bet you don't know that in recent years, and I think I mentioned this in another episode too, but in recent years, the definition has been expanded to now include the words far right, emphasizing that a fascist is now a person on the political right. I just found that interesting. And another one that has changed that's interesting is, and it's used a lot, is patriotism. You know, people say, I'm a patriot, he's a patriot, you're a patriot. Uh, so the word patriotism, as it is known today, is defined as love for or devotion to one's country. That's it. That's the definition now. Just love or devotion for one's country. It does not define it much further than that anymore. I mean, it leaves it open for interpretation because this new definition is very inclusive. It includes everyone. Those who love and are devoted to their country can be everyone. Those who wish to see its founding remembered and its documents revered, and those who don't like its founding and view its documents as outdated and in need of an overhaul. This new definition includes all of them as patriots in patriotism. However, this word patriotism used to be clearly defined before we changed it to be more interpretive and inclusive. Um, in 1828 and beyond, um, until we changed it again, it was defined as Love of one's country. Hmm, that actually sounds familiar so far, doesn't it? But it continues. It says, love of one's country, the passion which aims to serve one's country, either in defending it from invasion or protecting its rights and maintaining its laws and institutions in vigor and purity. Patriotism is the characteristic of a good citizen, the noblest passion that animates a man in the character of a citizen. Patriotism. Patriotism used to be an action. It used to be an action, not just a feeling or word. And it was an action to preserve the original founding documents, that is the purity part, and the ideals thereof. In other words, if one opposes those founding ideals and documents, that is the true founding of, of a country and the original documents that founded the country, then that one would not be considered a patriot according to the original definition of patriotism. Now that right there is exclusive, isn't it? No wonder why they changed it to be more subjective and interpretive and inclusive. Anyway, and since we are talking about the great wisdom of, why not mention the word wisdom? Because wisdom is often thought of and is currently defined as knowledge gained from experience and the ability to understand what most cannot. And knowledge of what is proper. And this is interesting to me as well. Um, and just, again, stay with me here because it all, it all goes together. But this is interesting as well because knowledge gained is just the process of learning. If the process of learning is wisdom, then no one would be without wisdom, right? All would be wise and wise in their own eyes. Now, if the ability to understand what most cannot is wisdom, then the first definition would be null and void. And everyone would have both wisdom and the lack of wisdom at the same time in all things. 
Now, if the knowledge of what is proper is wisdom, then wisdom is subjective because what is proper would be different for each person. Unless we all subscribe to one absolute foundation, which is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. But no, uh, wisdom to me is better defined as the proper application of knowledge. Wisdom is exclusive. Wisdom is action. But, you know, no matter what you define wisdom as, we can all learn some insights, gain new knowledge, and apply that knowledge if we so choose. So let's get into the great wisdom of number three, the wisdom of World War Z, ice pilots, and a great awakening is coming. Now, like I said, all three are speaking on the same thing, fear. Or, I mean, you could call it fear dressed up as safety. Um, now, I, I like post-apocalyptic stories, and I like zombie stories, too. I, I do like zombie stories. That's why I was reading World War Z. Anyway, while I was reading the book World War Z, it's, the book is much better than the movie, although the movie is entertaining, too, but the book goes into more detail, and it's just more interesting. Anyway, while I was reading the book, I came across one chapter where, and I need to give you a little bit of a backstory here real quick, just a brief one. Um, in the book, the main character who throughout the book is interviewing and gathering stories and accounts of the world's war with the virus, which turned into a, a world war with zombies. Um, and in one chapter, he is talking to a man who made a name and made massive wealth for himself, his company, his colleagues, politicians, and governments around the world by selling medicine. And during this conversation, the man says, the only rule that ever made sense to me, I learned from a history professor. Fear is the most valuable commodity in the universe. Fear sells. He said fear sells. Now, he explained um, in that chapter that, uh, you know, he explained that if you turn on TV, you see people not selling you their products, but selling you the fear of not having their products. Fear of aging, the fear of loneliness, fear of poverty, the fear of failure, the fear of sickness, etc. Uh, Mike Evans, the author of the book A Great Awakening is Coming, he says, When people are fearful, they tend to speak according to what they see. Now, how many times have you been in fear and spoke of only the negative of what you see? Or maybe even you only spoke of the negative what if that you only see in your own mind's eye. Watch any news channel or network and any news program, and what do you see? They begin by giving a tease, right? But what is that tease? It is about something bad that has or might happen. It is enticing you to watch because of fear. Fear of what evil or bad thing they will tell you about. Fear of being caught off guard because you didn't watch their program about this thing. Now, as you watch... You should count how many minutes they spend reporting the details, you know, the actual facts that are known, uh, uh, without any speculation or opinion or bias selling of fear. Then you should also count how, uh, how many times, they, or how much time, I should say, they spend discussing the issue or happening or event or thing in question, or even have a discussion using opinions, bias, speculation of negativity, i.e. fear. Now, Mike Evans uh, says, fear, like faith, grows according to your words. Most news programs and shows spend less than half their broadcast time for a story informing us of the facts and evidence known at that time. 
and more than half of their broadcast time theorizing, hypothesizing, guessing about the possible outcome or ramifications or any possible negativity in their opinion. They spread fear. Fear keeps you glued to their broadcast. Fear keeps you enticed to learn more of these hypothetical paths that might not ever become reality. And fear keeps their ratings up, and fear keeps the money flowing in. Now, Mike Evans also says in his book, When overwhelmed by circumstances, many focus on the negative and lose their hope. Now, if we go back to the book World War Z, the man being interviewed in that book explains that his greatest wealth came through the fear that was sold to the people. His greatest wealth came through the fear that was sold to the people. And in this case, in the book, uh, there was a virus spreading across the world, making people really sick, killing some, then reanimating them, then the reanimated ones, we know them as zombies, killed and turned billions of others, and, you know, killed and made them billions of other zombies. That's a zombie book. They're all kind of the same, but they're good. Anyway, in the story, he mentions that no one knew what it was, so it was just classified as a new version of the rabies virus. To calm fears, they just classified it as new version of the rabies virus so they could claim they knew what it was. So he and his colleagues made a vaccine for this new and really unknown virus. It was called rabies, so they called their vaccine a rabies vaccine. As he says in the book, in World War Z book, Thank God there is no cure. A cure would make people buy it only if they thought they were infected. But a vaccine? That's preventative. People will keep taking that as long as they're afraid it's out there. Wow. That is a profound statement. To me, that is some wisdom found in an unlikely place. I'm going to say that again. A cure would make people buy it only if they thought they were infected. But a vaccine? That's preventative. People will keep taking that as long as they're afraid it's out there. If for any illness or disease or virus there was a cure, people would only take it. That is, uh, people would only, it would only be purchased, I should say, if the, if the person was sick, if they were infected, if they showed the symptoms. Also, people would only take the cure once, because the cure is no good for resale for that individual once the person is cured, right? If you take a cure, you're cured. You don't need to go back and keep taking the cure. But if fear could be instilled in the person, then the person would be motivated to act, and that act would be to take the vaccine, a continual annual purchase of a supposedly believed preventative substance for the illness or disease or virus. But the vaccine doesn't stop there. Mm -mm. What if you could instill the fear among the populace? How much more would your vaccine be worth? How much more control would you have? What about instilling fear across the globe. Not just common sense precautions, but worldwide fear of catching this illness, this disease, this virus. Through that fear, one could enact control. Control the people's emotions, control the people's minds. Control the people's minds, control the people's actions. Control the people's actions, control the people's decisions. Control the people's decisions, control the people's compliance. Control the people's compliance, control the people's money, control the people's money, control the people's dependence. As James A. Garfield is quoted saying, He who controls the money supply of a nation 
controls the nation. All because of fear. Now, in the, in the book World War Z, that same guy was asked if he was worried if someone might discover it, uh, might discover that it didn't actually work, that it didn't actually do what it was supposed to do. That is the vaccine that he created, to which he replied, it didn't matter. All I had to say was may prevent some viral infections. Besides, according to him and the world leaders with him in that book, it didn't matter because, as he states in the book, they didn't lie or do anything wrong. They said it may prevent some. It was FDA approved. And it wasn't their fault the people didn't bother to do a little re responsible research. Now, Mike Evans, in his book, A Great Awakening is Coming, says, We live in a world full of excuses. How true is that? And when we are presented, oftentimes spoon-fed, with all this fear, what do these same people state they will provide us with? Is it absolutes? Or is it just maybes? As the man says in the book World War Z, it wasn't even the idea of safety anymore. It was the idea of the idea of safety. It protected them from their fears. That's all that they were selling. Fear is the most basic emotion we have. That's what he says in the book. Fear is the most basic emotion we have. And when we put fear on the throne, we obstruct love and truth. And as Mike Evans says in his book, we are hindered when self is on the throne of our lives. Fear sells. Fear, as we all know, it is a real emotion. It is something that we all deal with and must overcome. But fear is not real. In my book, Entrepreneur Roadmap for Success, Five Characteristics of the Successful and Respect It, I write, Fear is an acronym for false evidence appearing real. Fear rarely has anything to do with current reality, but everything to do with hijacking our creativity. Fear warps our creativity to the negative and worrisome. Fear is usually of the unknown. Now, I'm sure it has been said somewhere else by someone else before, but a saying that has stuck with me about fear, I heard from, uh, Mike, his name was Mikey McBrien on the TV show Ice Pilots on the episode titled D-Day, and I think it was season six, episode eight, when he was talking about his fear of his first time uh, parachuting. He said, all it takes is one step. All it takes is one step step. Words of wisdom for sure. Fear sometimes paralyzes, but it often takes only one step for us to overcome. All it takes is one step. One step in the opposite direction and we will find ourselves running from fear. When we run from fear, we run from the unknowns, we run from a possible solution, and we run from reality. One step in the direction of fear, and we will find ourselves running through fear. When we run through fear, we run to opportunity. We run to a possible solution. We run to reality. As Mike Evans says, we rarely dream we are the problem. It's pretty good. We rarely dream that we are the problem. But when we cash in our hope, our faith, our wisdom, for the very fear that the world is selling then we truly do become the problem. We become our own biggest problem. As the man in the book World War Z says, 
Now I know why it is illegal to shout fire in a crowded theater. People weren't going to say, Hey, I don't smell smoke. Is there really a fire? No. They say, Holy beep. I'm not saying that word. Holy beep. There's a fire. Run. And they made the choice themselves. He also said it wasn't even the idea of safety anymore. It was the idea of the idea of safety. It wasn't even about safety anymore. It was about the idea of the idea of safety. It protected them from their fears. That's all that they were selling. Fear sells. But all it takes is one step. And now, what you've all been waiting for, it's the wisdom of Dad Joke. Fear is something that we all face in this life. Fear is something that the world will continue to use to sell us on its narrative. We can choose to buy into and live life in fear, or we can take heed to McBrien when he said, all it takes is one step. And in doing so, we can be like the man who got over his fear of elevators by taking steps to avoid them. This has been From My Standpoint, a podcast to find a nugget of positivity and a hidden truth, encouraging and enlightening insight, entertaining a new perspective, and providing an amusement for you. We hope you were entertained, encouraged, enlightened, and enjoyed the show.